0: Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin.
1: And this is Robbie Martin.
0: So we're looking at uh, a lot of tension, bloodshed, violence being unleashed in occupied Palestine across Gaza. Very horrific scenes coming out of Israeli society. Robbie, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. Of course, I just released my feature documentary, Gaza Fights for Freedom, produced and filmed by journalists based in Gaza YouTube, of course, is suppressing it. Um, there's so much happening right now. The situation, of course, is very, very fluid. So at the time of this recording, you know, all these statistics, of course, are are current. But when we release this, um, they might be slightly outdated. But it's just, it's absolutely horrifying to see what's going on. And it just continues to get worse every day.
1: It's quite a sad situation to watch unfold. Um, you know, even ABC news, uh, mainstream news, uh, at first they were sort of trying to, you know, stay on the sidelines, not really report it. Of course, then they started reporting the rockets that the Iron Dome were shooting down because that's what they always do. And then like Israel always does in these situations, they became so brazen that just in the span of, I don't know, five days that this started that they actually are just straight up bombing I think by now something like 10 full you know, high-rise apartment buildings in Gaza to the point where they don't even seem to care that mainstream news cameras are just like filming it in HD, like in clear as day, just rockets hitting like the foundation of buildings. I guess for, <clears throat> I just want to, I'm just so shocked by that because I know that they did this last time, but like
2: mm-hmm.
1: when would any other country in the world be able to just like shoot indiscriminately at like people's apartment buildings and then just like level them to the ground on camera like when I, i've just never seen that before any other country besides israel doing that so it's it's really disturbing a lot of those buildings that have been knocked down essentially like israel is basically doing little 911s all over gaza right now a bunch of these buildings are actually media locations so it's just really, really crazy how Israel just always gets away with the most brazen shit you can imagine. And I'm just I'm just floored. Uh, it's, you know, it's happened, you know, 2014 was pretty horrifying and shocking to see how brazen they were. Snipers killing completely innocent people trying to basically wade through the rubble, like just like crawling through the rubble, trying to like get to safety, like getting shot by sniper mm-hmm. fire. We saw horrible things like that, but You know, this seems like it's actually worse so far in certain ways. We see Israeli mobs roving through the street, carrying Israeli flags, beating up Arab-looking people, taking them out of their cars and beating them with Israeli flags. I've never seen anything like this before.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: What's it like for you, Abby, just on an emotional level, watching all this unfold since you've actually been there?
0: Yeah, I haven't eaten really for five days. I it's hard to sleep and just hearing from my friends who are Palestinian based here, you know, my friend Sada just texted me yesterday and she just said, we're being lynched. Um, my colleagues who made the documentary with me, I'm just getting the news updates on WhatsApp and it's just, he just said, can you please tell people what's happening? You know, we're being bombed again. We're being bombed again. I just can't wrap my mind around the constant state of anxiety and horror That Palestinians live through on a daily basis you know I'm safe I'm in the United States Um, but I still just feel sick to my stomach that this is going on and I can't do anything about it other than comb through all the things that I've reported on and try to put it into condensed versions that people can actually digest right now you know because the information war of course is such an important one and so that's what we've been doing for the past five days. We stopped everything and we're just going through and putting out snippets of information that can be uh, important for people to really glean you know, some insight on the context, deeper analysis, and of course, clips from our documentary that explain more of the situation that of course you're not going to get through corporate media. I wanted to mention something really quickly about the buildings that you're talking about. Yeah, leveling huge apartment buildings, making dozens of families, probably hundreds of people, to be frank, homeless, homeless. Um, And, you know, what they do is like text people. They'll just be like, we're going to bomb this tower. You have you have like 10 minutes to leave. Um, And then they'll just be like, well, we like we didn't target civilians. You know, we gave everyone a warning to leave. But of course, people who are elderly, disabled or sleeping get killed in those buildings. And then they can't rebuild. (laughs) They don't allow construction materials to get into Gaza. So they actually can't rebuild and they are left homeless. Um, Huge residential towers. You have the al Al Shirok journalist tower that you said there was a giant, like 13 or 14 story building that had a bunch of international media housed there that Amazingly enough, back in 2012 during Operation Quote Unquote Pillar of Defense, they shelled a couple floors of the building and blew off an RT cameraman's leg. And I don't know if you remember this, Robbie, but that was when I was on air every day doing Breaking the Set talking about war crimes, talking about what Israel was doing and how awful it was. And when my network had asked for a statement in response to why they shelled this building, knowing that there were journalists there... The IDF spokesperson said, of course, we knew there were journalists in the building everywhere in Gaza is a Hamas target and your network has taken a side in the coverage. (laughs) I mean, it's it's really amazing to wrap your mind around that statement, not only an explicit admission of just war crimes in general, but also just saying, well, you guys are too pro palestinians
1: so who cares we you your bias cost your cameraman his leg and that's the price he had to pay don't fuck with us is basically what they're saying
0: yeah
1: it's almost kind of like i mean when you watch those buildings fall it's it's so crazy the fact that even the idf is showing photographs of it like they're proud of that it's almost like they're basically saying do not fuck with us in any way if you throw one rock we will 9-11 your fucking ass like, yeah. we'll fucking collapse your fucking tower, motherfuckers. Like, it's it's the craziest shit ever. Yeah, Abby. I mean, I don't know if you want to say any of the names or if you can, even of the people that you know in Palestine. I know some of them chose to remain anonymous who worked with you. If there's anybody's names that you want to say who are over there right now who worked on your documentary, you know, that are obviously potentially, you know, in danger right now. Do you want to say any names of people?
0: Yeah. I mean, my friend Abdul Karim, my friend Mwaz Mwaza, the videographer who shot the movie, um, you know, Asma Tia Hamad, two incredible videographers, journalists who are over there right now um, that are in fear of their lives. And I just can't, I can't fathom what it's like to live there. I can't. And, you know, right now, the death toll is already 120. Thirty children have been murdered. Oh my God! Uh, hundreds of homes have been demolished. 24 schools, 24 schools destroyed. What? The um, and fuck? and UNRWA, the the you know the refugee agency that is administered by the United Nations, said that they are targeting orphanages. Refugee shelters. This is like standard practice every time that there's this bombardment on the Gaza Strip But like it's just crazy that it's happened so quickly almost a thousand people injured And um, now the UN is saying that You know access to fresh water, which of course was already so limited, you know the UN was saying back in 2020 that Gaza was completely uninhabitable due to the lack of fresh water, but right now like no one can get water and the power cuts are just permanent right now. So they're just living under the cover of darkness. <clears throat> um I don't know if they have generators or what. Um but yeah, it's it's uh it's horrifying to think of hospitals. Think about hospitals operating on victims. Um yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know how they do it.
1: <laughs> the footage of the Israeli the sort of the Zionist mobs Going through and beating people up who look Arab or Palestinian. Do you know what area of Israel that's happening in Abbey?
0: This is what may be surprising to some people is that this is not in the occupied territories. This is within 48 proper. This is in, within the confines of the quote unquote state of Israel. Um, in neighborhoods like Haifa, um, where We are told that Jews, Christians, and Muslims all live democratically and peacefully. This is what Israeli society points to and says, we are a democracy. We can all live equally, freely, and we all are happy here. Without, of course, pointing to the 5 million Palestinians subjugated in Gaza and the West Bank. But that's why this is so harrowing, because this is within Israeli society, where you see uh, lynch mobs quite clearly roaming the streets, totally destroying Arab businesses. And cheering, you know, you see like sorority girl-looking teenagers uh, jumping up and down on the rubble of these oh my God. destroyed businesses, that's holding the Israeli flag. Yeah,
1: yeah. And oh, um,
0: and then yeah, like you said, I mean, pulling people out of taxis. This guy screaming, "I'm Jewish! I'm Jewish! Please!" Because a lot of these people look like that's what's so crazy is like they look Arab, you know, like a lot of them look Arab, and so they have to distinguish themselves that they're not Arab. Um, and we saw quite clearly someone that looked like he was beaten to death. I saw reports that someone was actually lynched uh, and killed on, on, in in one of these videos. I haven't actually seen it because I just don't think I could stomach it. The video that I saw
1: in particular did look like someone was basically beaten to death. Part of how they were beaten to death was with like Israeli flagpoles. It was absolutely surreal to think that that's the image they want broadcast to the rest of the world. Like, even if you are a hardcore Zionist, like, wouldn't you know not to do that? You know, like even like MAGA <laughs> crazy people, like right. and honors, they never beat any Antifa people up with like American flags almost to death on video. You know, they're not. So it's just it's just wild that that's how brazen and, these motherfucking psychos are.
0: And let me yeah, let me provide some context to what you're talking about, because it, it is really crazy. And I think when you compare it to MAGA people and like, you know, let's say like a Trump A community of like armed extremist Trump supporters was like roaming um, violently through like an immigrant neighborhood in Texas, you know, and like purging people from their homes, throwing them out, beating people, destroying the businesses. I mean, can you imagine what the media would be saying?
1: Oh, yeah, it would be, you know, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah.
0: And that's exactly what's going on. So this all kind of sparked off with Sheikh Jarrah, which is a neighborhood in East Jerusalem, East Jerusalem Uh, is also under the same exact Israeli military occupation that the entirety of the West Bank is under. And um, this means that you can't hold up a flag, you can't convene in groups of 10 or more, you can't distribute political literature, like it is martial law for uh, the occupied residents. But there have been contingents of extremist settlers who have been waiting to take over these homes for actually a decade or more and they've been trying to fight the israeli courts and 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 i don't know if they had more leeway there or more legal backing as opposed to the west bank because we know that you could just go and like seize homes every day and have the israeli military help you demolish these homes in the west bank and it seems like that's you don't really need a court order to authorize you to do that but in east jerusalem it seemed like there was something that was preventing them and and they had some sort of legal victory which basically gave them carte blanche in their eyes even though mind you this is all completely illegal under international law so about two weeks ago or whatever we saw these mobs um initiate the expulsion initiate the expulsion of palestinians and sheikh jarrah throwing people out of their homes it was like po- pogroms being committed i mean you heard kids screaming for their lives as all of their Remain like all of their belongings were just thrown violently out of the homes. Uh, you, the videos were absolutely terrifying. Then you saw the video of that settler who was clearly from New York, New York accent, standing in a Palestinian's home. And she knew his name because apparently he had already started to take over and he was like squatting on her property for a long time. But then he he basically realized that he could just move in. That was the time to move in. You know, they, they got the green light. Mm-hmm. And so the woman is on camera. I don't know if you saw this, Robbie, but she was just like, why are you doing this? And she said his name and he and because she knew him and he was just like, if I don't take your home, someone else will. This isn't me. He was like, this isn't my fault. Like, and and it, all, and it all, he's almost right. Like the, he is totally protected by the state, <laughs> you know, like he is shrouded with impunity by not only the Israeli state, but like the U.S. And we see government, the government never issued any condemnation for this. So that was the first thing that sparked off everything. Then of course all of this is happening during Ramadan, which is a very holy time for Muslims. I think we yeah. should
1: just let people know if in case you're if if you're listening to this and you're not fully knowledgeable about sort of the context of all this, the Israeli settlers, the ones who are settling in the Gaza Strip are are actually the most hardcore ultra-Zionist people i mean that some of them that exist in israel ever like Mm -hmm. they this is a sort of a militant hostile act that they're doing to sort of rub it in the palestinian's face there's no reason why they have to settle other than to just colonize the little sliver of land that palestinians have left as an aggressive act some of them are actually not even israeli which is really strange you're allowed to go over there as a jew and become a settler Like, which is fucking nuts that the state will even protect you in that situation. I mean, it's just it's mind blowing. Oh, yeah.
0: No, if you're if you have Jewish heritage or lineage and and you live anywhere in the world, you will be you can become a legal citizen of the state of Israel. That is the law. Yeah. That anyone can go over there and just settle. That's exactly what's happening, Robbie. And and the first riots were erupted by a group and led by a group called La Hava. It's basically the, the equivalent of the KKK there. I interviewed a kid from La Hava in the shocking interviews that I did with just everyday Israelis in West Jerusalem. And he was just like, we basically just post up here every day and make sure that Arabs and Jews aren't together. Um, that's the entire organization's goal is to that's make sure so that Arabs bizarre. and Jews don't have relationships that, and he was just like, Arabs need to leave. He was like, go back to God. We gave you Gaza. That's what he said to me. He was like, we gave you Gaza, just go there and shut up.
1: It's so weird too, because there are, there are Arabs living in Israel proper. Like how do those people, I mean, it's just so weird that, that, that there's a groups like that, that are more prominent than like the KKK in Israel, because yeah, not all, not everybody with whose Arab descent is in these areas. There are also Arabs who live in Israel proper. So it's just, that to me is pretty crazy.
0: Well, that's what's so crazy about that these groups are going and destroying their homes and villages. And like other Palestinians from other areas are going to help protect the Arabs who live within Israel because of the gangs that are going and the lynch mobs that are that are
1: walking around right now, targeting anyone who looks Arab. Take us back to the very the very first event before they stormed like why did the IDF soldiers storm Al-Aqsa Mosque which is one of the most holy religious sites in the world mm. it's not just a regular mosque it is like right near the wall it's right near the holy sepulcher like everything in Israel is right there like all the holy sites so what yeah right what was it that compelled because the IDF didn't used to do this in the past they would actually do like a standoff if they wanted to arrest somebody in one of these holy sites, they wouldn't just barge in there. So this seems like a sort of a, an escalation just in their typical behavior. So what what sparked that something for them to do something that crazy in the first place on during Ramadan?
0: Yeah, yeah. So a couple of days prior to that was when you saw the thousands of people chanting "death to Arabs," led by groups like La Hava, going throughout the neighborhoods in East Jerusalem. Um, And then you saw actual, you know, and and keeping in mind that it's illegal to protest, even though you have armed extremist settlers going to try to kill you and expel you from your home that you've had for generations. You can't take up arms. You can't even protest this because that's illegal under Israeli military law. So you had protests erupt in response. You had Palestinians peacefully convening to try to block the uh, entrance to this this Arab area and the IDF came and of course hospitalized several dozen people protected the settlers it was a very ugly scene so all of this led to protests just continuing the next couple days Um, and there were protests as you mentioned like this area is very close there's very close quarters with all of these holy sites and so Al-Aqsa Mosque is very close to the Wailing Wall to you know, all of these other things. And so there was just protests nonstop and like mobs of people nonstop kind of instigating stuff. And the tensions were really, really high. And I'm not ac- actually sure what sparked the IDF from storming into the mosque, but I do know that um, there were Palestinians protesting outside and the IDF decided to, s- to throw stun grenades and smoke bombs and tear gas inside the mosque. There, You know, think about all the hundreds of like older people mm-hmm worshiping there, Uh, at least 100 people had to be hospitalized. It looked like just a scene out of like a sci-fi, like a dystopian sci-fi movie. This ancient mosque, which is 100 years older than the Notre Dame Cathedral. You know, remember that? Remember when all the historians all around the world were all crying and throwing tens of millions of dollars to save the Notre Dame Cathedral because it was on fire?
1: Oh, and they also blamed it on Muslims. Yeah. They just that like all the right winger psychos just like blamed it on Muslims mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. any evidence. And they still, yeah. did they, they, they never say it never, was like, like ISIS
0: or something? Yeah. 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 yeah so this is a hundred years older than that. <laughs> the Al-Aqsa mosque is an ancient mosque. It was on fire. And um, then the IDF troops took to the hospital where all the worshipers went to get treated and tear gassed and smoke bombed in the hospital, which is just a war crime. Then you saw just really shocking images of tens of thousands of people all together outside of al Mosque. And this was led by the temple movement. This is another religious movement that's very ultra-religious that thinks that if they replace the mosque with a temple, so they want to completely destroy the mosque. And they were all chanting, burn their memory as this mosque was on fire and you saw them all jumping up and down and, and singing this song, the news tried to paint it away as like, oh, this is just like a nationalist celebration.
1: No, no, Eli, Lake, a- <laughs> Eli Lake tried yeah. to paint it away as saying it was a tree on fire, and so did Mike Cernovich, because oh. they're fucking psychopaths.
0: I don't think it was a tree on fire because it definitely seemed like it was the roof of the building.
1: But I wanted but I wanted to just step in and say yeah. that I listened to... So I've been monitoring Clubhouse, which is one of the most yeah. depressing fucking endeavors ever, like journalistic research projects I've done. It's supposed to be a place to have these challenging conversations that you're not allowed to have on social media or mainstream media, yep. right? Um, but it's really become just a nest and a magnet for phony intellectual dark web people which is a phony op to begin with and just like right-wing think tankers and like quasi right populist think tankers right so i see a conversation pop up two days ago that's saying um hold on it says something like israel has the right to defend itself and it was like eric (laughs) weinstein of the intellectual dark web was in this clubhouse thing so i was like i gotta go check this out i gotta go see what this psychopath fraud eric weinstein is saying in this chat, but instead, all I was subjected to was a bunch of Israeli Zionists basically shouting down the only Palestinian person in the entire clubhouse room. They kept interrupting him, kept talking over him.
3: But imagine, just imagine, the same thing happens to the wall. Imagine that. Imagine, just imagine. Close your eyes with me, all of you, all one point two thousand listeners. If Palestinian soldiers with guns go to the wall and throw tear gases all around.
2: Saif. yeah.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think
1: this happened? Can I
3: continue? Right? Just can I
2: continue? Yes, just 움직iling? finish. I, I just, just finish. I just, I have to again. This the, the, the there wasn't an attack on Alaksa, and Alaksa is not under threat and under danger, and it wasn't unprovoked.
3: Really? Please continue. But also, Saif, uh, ther, there was an attack on. Worshippers at the Western Wall before the 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 riot on Al-Aqsa. So there's no hypothetical. It happened yesterday. That's what, why the what went exactly. there were the can you, can you, prayer. There,
2: there were there were. Hang on a second. There are people inside Al-Aqsa that barricaded themselves with 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 bricks and were throwing bricks. Of over course, the wall. they need and to it,
3: protect themselves. No, it oh. was not. It was unprovoked. <laughs> to...
2: It was unprovoked. They they entered the mosque in order to create this this uh, this trauma. The Israeli create police what? did not. The Israeli police did not did not um, uh, burst into Al-Aqsa um, unprovoked. It did it just did not. So we're trying to we're sticking to the facts what, in this
3: Well what, what do you mean? It was they were praying in Ramadan, and the soldiers went into the fields, and everyone knows that it's a fact. So I, I'm sorry, was, but were they praying before or after they were throwing bricks over the Western Wall at people hundred feet down? Bro, I'm sorry, I, I don't know about this, and I'm sorry. You don't know about this, but it, it
2: doesn't mean, Saif, that you don't know about this because it's not being reported, but it's not because it didn't happen.
1: And all he was doing was saying how it's like one of the, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is one of the most holy sites in the world and how big of a deal it is that the IDF would come storming in and assaulting people who are praying during Ramadan. He's like, but this would be like if someone attacked the Western Wall. Like if, if we started shooting yep. tear gas and like beating people with batons at the wall. And she's like, that's exactly what happened though. He's like, they were throwing rocks at the wall.
2: They were throwing, they, they were buried. Barric- they came into prayers with a lot carrying bricks why would you come to prayer carrying bricks and then throwing
3: over the that, wall the bricks the bricks incident happened after soldiers entered into the fields
2: okay that is that is just
3: not how yes, it yes it is this is what happened and my point is here um the tearing happened after the lines were crossed where soldiers entered the mosque Okay, okay. With, a with a second ago, you just said that the throwing didn't happen. So which one is it? You just said it didn't occur, now it happened. The throwing happened so after. You're, you're talking with the, both your mouth here. You just said it didn't happen. Now you think it happened? So you're no, just, I didn't. You just, I never, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matthew, you said, but you no, said it Matthew, didn't happen. I did not. I did not deny. I mean,
2: maybe you should not... finish his sentence before you continue to question him. I was yeah, just please. about to say Thank that. You. Please, let's keep this civil.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. So excuse me if I did not finish the things that I'm about to say. So
1: her her claim was, and all the other people in the room were basically reinforcing this false claim that there were somehow Palestinian protesters who went in the Al-Aqsa mosque with bricks and then threw them down at the Wailing Wall, like from above, which I mean, if let's say, first of all, if that actually happened, there would be like, outrageous news stories about it all over like israeli press if there was an attack on people praying at the wall that obviously didn't fucking happen fucking liars so that they basically just have to resort to lies to just mm-hmm. explain why they went in there in the first place and you saw
0: kind of the same rhetoric coming out and like doctored images and stuff from when the black lives matter protests were going on and it was like oh like where do these piles of bricks come from it's like are you suggesting that like people are bringing around bricks and like passing them out to people being like we're it just it just makes
1: no sense yeah like wall on Ramadan and like a in a yeah, holy right. site I mean
3: <laughs> so at the second holiest site in the Islamic world where Prophet Muhammad went to the seventh sky from and you know how that affected us now the thing that Hamas did you know it shouldn't be done but they did alarm The israeli government they told them if you do not leave the uh, aqsa fields within two hours we're going to throw airstrikes
2: saif hamas a terrorist organization does not get the right to to put ultimatum to israel a a not perfect democracy but a democracy nonetheless and again and again, I understand what you're what you're what you're saying, and I understand, and I, I appreciate that you're here. But this has not been unprovoked. Hamas has been gagging for this conflict the entire month of Ramadan, and has been flaming the fires. And you know this if you read, no. and if you read what they've been saying in the past month, they're building up for this conflict. This is not out of nowhere. This is, they have been actually working towards this.
1: In actuality, a crazed IDF soldier, I don't know if people know about this, actually held up in one of these religious holy sites about, uh, I don't know, two decades ago and did some crazy terroristic shit.
0: Yeah, and you know what's funny about that? And then after that, they punished the Palestinians for that. He went in and committed a massacre and then they basically prevented like all the Palestinians from going in and now there's like huge militarized checkpoints outside. It's like, wait, wasn't this like a settler who did this? Totally fair. Hamas had issued... A warning saying if you continue your assault on Sheikh Jarrah and, of course, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, we are going to retaliate. And of course, the attacks continued unabated as they as they do. And that's when the rocket fire started. So what you hear in corporate media is rockets were fired, and Israel has a right to self-defense. And that's where the story always begins.
3: Noah, can I ask a safe question? I've been up here for three yes, hours. Shane. Yes, to... Shane. Yes, Yeah. We'll safe. You can, will you condemn Hamas in front of 1.2K people on the stage? Do you agree with their practices and their charter? If Hamas follows the Sharia law, because I heard, I heard someone says, I think Noah or Danielle, one of you, three hours ago, saying that Hamas is a terrorist group. And then the second sentence, and I quote, Hamas following Sharia law, you cannot connect Sharia law with terrorists. This
2: is what's safe. that's in their that's in their charter. I, yeah, I,
1: I just I just want you to, just do you get this yes or no. Do you no, I don't know. Yes I don't know,
0: Shane. I'm sorry. I'm stepping here because I don't know if that's really like a, a necessary question to ask. I don't really think it's so fair. Agreed. if you talk
2: to
1: talk really to a so rational
0: like,
2: person? Yeah, but like I don't. If it's I, a waste of time. If, 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 if say, no, like, I
0: don't. I just don't know. I just don't know. Like putting someone in, in a litmus test on the spot like this just doesn't feel so productive or conducive to the conversation. So I feel like let's just. Keep moving forward. I think Saif um, made some points. If people want to respond to them, uh, feel free. If anybody on the mod panel wants to respond to the things that he said so far, Saif, are you done speaking?
3: Or do you have more to say? Uh, It's okay. Let people speak, and maybe we can discuss.
2: Okay. And by the way, it's not what Hamas and Saif. It's not what Hamas had done. Is what Hamas is doing. Sister right now is in the shelter with
3: her three-year-old and her one-year-old right now. you know there are close friends of mine who died from bombings in Gaza. You know that, right?
2: I know that right now, and I'm sorry for for your loss. And but th- there's no there's no excusing Hamas' behavior.
3: There, period. There is, no iron, there is no iron dome around Gaza. There is no well, iron dome. Well, there is no around the West dome around.
2: I understand there's no Iron Dome around Gaza, but maybe if Hamas would take the money that the international community is giving them and use it less for tunnels and more for protection of their people, maybe there would be some more Iron Dome, but there aren't. I, like I the would also say, say there, is, there is an Iron Dome. There is an Iron Dome. It's really simple. Don't fire rockets at Israel and Israel won't respond. So that's so she, the Iron Dome for Gaza. The Iron that, Dome, that, Dome for I Gaza did, is don't exactly. fire
3: rockets at Israel. It's Can I say something?
2: Um, hey, honey, guys, this room is, this room is, uh, is uh, getting out of order. We've kept this um, so orderly for so many hours. So we're going to continue going in PTR in PTR order right now. Um.
1: In the previous 20 years, uh, since apparently Hamas has been using rockets, only something like 25 people total have died. Like, right. Over the last two decades. So for Israelis to act as if they're constantly scared, constantly under threat, this is their way of life, they're... I mean, think about how the percentage and how low of a likelihood it is for you to get hit by a rocket. You know, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's just the eternal right to self-defense, which really just means Israel has the right to commit war crimes against rocket fire that essentially does little to no damage at all. And, you know, like you said, I mean, if there were this many deaths, you have to ask yourself, like, how did that even happen? Were these people, like, aiding Israeli soldiers like right on in stair road or something like where were they even hit I mean I guess a rocket hit hit Jerusalem and killed some people in like a which is surprise shocking which is shocking you know and these it and these shocking. rockets are indiscriminately fired because they don't have targeted munitions like Israel does that's the difference it's like people are all shocked when a rocket maybe kills someone and it's like well Israel knows who they're targeting Israel has like <laughs> like, homes in the cross crosshairs that they actually want to level entire homes, and then they'll all just say like, oh, well, this person had a Hamas government official there, so we can bomb and kill his entire family while they're sleeping.
1: I also think we have to call into question all of this to a certain extent because Israel is on record saying that they wanted uh, Hamas, they, want, they basically helped Hamas win the election in mm-hmm. the Palestinian territories. So I think that says a lot. They want a more militant acting represent, representative of the Palestinians to be there so they can always just point to the Palestinians and say that they're subhuman barbarians who are like ISIS. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. So you do have to wonder, you know, in general, like, you know, is, is, does Israel want those rockets to be shot? I, I don't know. But um, it does seem to be the endless excuse for them to always do things. So I do call that into question. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but it is, um, it is something I wonder.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there, that was revealed by a WikiLeaks cable, uh, which, again, just points to the importance of WikiLeaks. But, yeah, when rival party Fatah and Hamas were running in an election after Israeli soldiers were forced out by resistance, it's on record that the Israeli military chief was aiding Hamas's takeover and said, like, we want Hamas to take control of the Strip. And Fatah even said, like, give us air support so we can win this election. And, you know, a lot of people saw Fatah's as collaborators, um, which I guess they were to a certain extent if they were actually, you know, asking Israel for military for support so cover. they can ensure that they were vict- victorious. Mm-hmm. But once they won, once Hamas won, then Israel said... Um, you know, once they win, we can regard everyone in Gaza as a hostile entity because this is a democratic election. And so everyone from that point forward was a hostile entity and therefore a legitimate target. Yeah. So it became a very organic uprising from a lot of different fascist entities. You know, first it was driven by specific organizations and kind of Nazi affiliated fascist adjacent groups, or I guess not even adjacent, like fascist groups. (laughs) Um, and then this religious group, the, the Temple Mount movement, who think that the rapture is going to come once they burn down Al-Aqsa and replace it with a temple. Um, and this is what a lot of Christian evangelicals think, too. And this is why you have such a strong Christian evangelical backing of Israel is because they they believe that they are going to like see this, this coming of this temple and then Jesus is going to return or something. It's very bizarre. But anyway, um, so rockets fired, right? Didn't kill anyone. And in response, Israeli officials uh, bombed entire homes, like started targeting residential neighborhoods, killing entire families. Uh, I think the first slew of attacks killed, you know, like nine people in the same family, three children. Uh, One of the surviving members of the family was just like, all of my children are gone in the blink of an eye. And I, having a child now, like, I'm not going to start crying, but I mean, just thinking about him being gone and then on top of that, like other, I just, I, I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around knowing that children are there, knowing that children are there and you and you are just indiscriminately not only shelling these residential neighborhoods, but specifically targeting homes that, you know, children live inside and you do it while they're all sleeping in bed. And then, of course, Gaza responds with a barrage of rockets that, uh, I guess, did allegedly kill someone or target a home or not target that did allegedly kill someone or hit a home in Jerusalem. And so once that happened, then Israel started just going nuts. I mean, they launched just yesterday. They launched 100 airstrikes in 30 minutes.
1: And can we just uh, say, since people, Mm -hmm. if anyone's listening who doesn't already know this, the United States government is basically funding Israel's mass murder to the tune of $10 million per day. Per day. Per day. And how much does that amount to per year, Abby, roughly?
0: Billions. Uh, I mean, that was before, that was like during Obama. I remember that statistic came out, and I just can only imagine that it's gotten worse because of just Trump's just unabashed allegiance and alliance with Netanyahu and like all of the deals that he made. So I would imagine that the aid is even bigger. Um, but I, I I haven't seen a current breakdown of what exactly it is, but it's definitely billions of dollars and then the $10 million every day. I mean, just imagine. And the fact that Israeli society has like subsidized healthcare and all of that, you know, we're just like flooding them with money and weaponry. And then the, of course the political shield uh, of just zero accountability for any of this stuff
1: it's super weird too to see the twilight zone level of like the sort of zionist circuit like screaming at biden like saying like biden is a terrible zionist he's on here's a clip of him we'll play this clip of him saying that he was he's a zionist you don't have to be jewish to be zionist he said in the 90s so uh, strong uh with jews worldwide there is a there is a, I mean, you know, I used to say early on when I was a kid, I'd say, when I was a young senator, I'd say, if I were a Jew, I'd be a Zionist. I am a Zionist. You don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist. Were I a Jew, I would be a Zionist. And my father pointed out to me, I did not need to be a Jew to be a Zionist. For I am. Israel is essential to the security of Jews worldwide. We're
2: apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made, none. It is the best $3 billion investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. The United States would have to go out and invent an Israel.
1: But it's interesting to see like the hardcore Zionists, like Rabbi Shmoli, all these like hardcore Zionist people like screaming at Biden saying he's like not supporting Israel right now. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? They're funding Israel $10 million a day. Biden did a <laughs> speech the other day saying Israel has the right to defend itself while it's leveling entire apartment buildings and murdering over 30 children. And these people are still not satisfied. They're, they still somehow want them to do more. Like what more do they want? And uh, I had a conversation with Bibi Netanyahu uh, not too long ago. I'll be putting out a statement very shortly on that.
2: Um, my expectation and hope is that uh, uh, this will be uh, closing down sooner than later. But uh, Israel has a right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying into your territory. But uh, I had a, a conversation for a while with uh, with the uh, prime minister of israel and uh, i think that
1: uh, that's complete impunity giving israel a free pass already what more do they want they want them to fucking lick netanyahu's balls on camera like what what do these people want uh, it's
0: a good question considering that biden just yesterday after 30 children were massacred said i do not think that israel has responded in any sort of inappropriate or disproportionate way at all you know, I mean, even 30 children wasn't enough to get him on record issuing mild condemnation. So um, fucking and, crazy. and he even said in that speech, uh, it must have been like two decades ago or something, because he definitely has more hair. But, um, But he was saying that if Israel didn't exist, we would have to create an Israel in the Middle East for our interests, because that's how... Essential of like an extension of US empire as a military outpost, it is like as a proxy force for our militarism and brute force in the region. That's why we need Israel. And I thought that that was pretty revealing. But yeah, to your point, I mean, every single US politician, including Bernie, Bernie, of course, has been more vocal than most, but like even Ed Markey, the so called progressive, all of them. And then look at fucking Andrew Yang. I know he's not a sitting politician, but he's a
1: pandering piece of shit. How dare you, dude? How fucking dare you? It's so funny how there are these post-left phony motherfuckers who are like still acting like Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang were the renegades just because the mainstream media was criticizing them. Dude, get out of this fucking simplistic black and white prism. Just because the mainstream media criticizes someone doesn't mean that they're worth defending. Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang have horrible positions on Israel. Tulsi Gabbard fucking shared a stage with Netanyahu and praised a senator named Daniel Inhoy for having an Israeli missile factory named after him. These people are utterly psychotic. So get out of that fucking simplistic baby mindset. These people are not worth defending. Bernie's position on Palestine is not worth defending. None of them are. They're they're no, all none of weak them
0: are. at best. Mike tweets at Tulsi every day saying where you haven't said anything about that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. she. I mean, she came out and said a bunch of shit about how she doesn't like Muslims, how she doesn't like trans people in the last few months, but she couldn't say anything about this. You know, of course not.
0: Yeah. And what I was going to say is that all these politicians have to falsely equivocate and start every single statement, even if they're condemning what's going on by saying Israel has the right to, to defend itself against rockets <laughs> or Israel shouldn't live in fear of rockets like in the in this in the. um Case of Bernie's tweet. I mean, I don't. I didn't see like beyond this of what he's saying. I'm sure he's saying other mildly good things, but he was just like, "Israelis shouldn't have to like live in fear and hide in bomb shelters." It's like, well, guess what? They don't have to. They can just leave.
1: Yeah, they're fucking like, cosplaying, They don't have to dude. fucking be there, dude. And they're cosplaying. How dangerous is this shit? Actually, if so few people have died, Israel's not small. I mean, yeah, it looks small on a map, maybe relative to the United States, but it's like the actual proportionality the the likelihood you're going to get hit by a rocket is severely unlikely so yeah bernie is 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 an idiot for saying that these people are hiding in bomb shelters because it probably makes them feel like they're in a video game to continue their hardcore psychotic bloodthirst that they want to see arabs die so that's yep. what i think about those bomb shelters
0: yeah and it's like it's like you know Ned Price, the State Department spokesperson, who was uh, just mealy mouthed as fuck, bending over fucking backwards, making these outrageous mental gymnastics to basically say, like, oh, yeah, Israel's right to self defense. And then the reporter was just like, okay, so do states, like, does Palestine have the right to self defense? And he was like, well, every state has the right to self defense. He was like, so he was like, okay, do you realize the error in your statement then? He was like, so does Palestine have the right to self-defense. And Ned Price is just like, well, I was just saying like in a hypothetical. I mean, I I don't know the facts on the ground. I don't actually know what's going on. He's like, all I know is that Israel, da da, da da It's like, really? I thought that you knew enough to just completely go out there and just say in such strong terms that Israel has the right to fucking defend itself. But when it comes to Palestine, they never have the right to self-defense, do they? Even though they don't have uh, a Navy, they don't have an Air Force, they just have homemade little rockets that are old as fuck. Um, and, but they, they can't use them, but they can't use them even though they're being besieged in an open air prison where they can't fucking leave. You know, unlike Israelis who actually can leave, they have mobility, you know, people living in Gaza do not.
1: God damn, It's just, it's, it it is unbelievable to think that there are still people out there who could be defending this. Um, it is so obvious how much Israel is violating just basic human rights and committing war crimes. I'm just astonished. Um, I, I guess the only positive thing that I've seen out of this, Abby, is it does seem like more of the left and even liberals are more anti Israel this time around. Slightly, mm. ever more so than last time. Um, but it's still like not nearly enough. I mean, like it's still. We 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 need like ten or a hundred times more outrage.
0: Remember that IDF gala that you had all these really high profile celebrities just a couple of years ago? I want to say during the Great March of Return, which is shocking, raising tens of millions of dollars for the IDF in Hollywood. I mean, imagine the sickness that you have to be. You know, to actually go and raise money for a genocidal colonial army that already takes our tax dollars every day. It's absolutely insane. You had Gal Gadot. I don't put it past her because she's a fucking former IDF soldier, Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, going out there and making absurd statements like, "Oh, this is just a vicious cycle of violence and I just pray that my neighbors will stop like attacking us. It's like your neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's a funny way to call people that are just completely dominated by the Israeli state in every fucking way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're not your neighbors, gal. gal. So Abby, so tell me what happened after this supposed retaliation that Israel did, which is which is ridiculous to even call it that. they basically quote unquote mowed the lawn just like they Mm -hmm. did before, which is just like indiscriminate, crazy bombing, seemingly targeted directly at people's livelihoods, like civilians. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I even saw them bombing. It looked like somebody was actually trying to rescue an injured Palestinian person off of the street, and they hit another rocket right where those people were. So like Mm -hmm. somebody was trying to carry off a body that looked really injured, and they just got hit by a rocket and killed them.
0: Yeah, that's a classic drone strike tactic, the double tap. The double tap,
1: and you know there's somebody like behind that console or that in that plane who is like cheering, you know, yelling something in Hebrew super excited that they did something that fucked up. Just like that clip that you had in your movie Gaza fights for freedom mm-hmm. where they're laughing about murdering a child with sniper yes. rifle. The IDF yes. soldiers are literally laughing about it because that's how fucking fucked up they are. And you know, and it's not unique to Israelis at all. Like, I, I had to say this yesterday because I think it's really easy for us as Americans, even some maybe people who have come, come to this a little bit late, maybe in the last year they've sort of gotten pilled on the subject and they're ready to criticize Israel finally. Look at what Americans still defend. How many years out from World War II, and most Americans, 90% of Americans, will still defend a double nuclear holocaust on the Japanese. So... There's definitely—it's almost like a shared mindset here, I think, between the way these IDF soldiers think and act to, like, Americans and American soldiers and, like, even police here. There's a similar mentality of, like, we can get the we can get away with anything. We'll just fucking laugh about it. Like, we'll throw a puppy—like, I'm in Afghanistan, dude. Check me out. I'm going to throw a puppy dog off the cliff and laugh about it on a video because that's how fucking sociopathic I am. Like, this is— Yeah, and then—well, when you have a corporate media apparatus running cover— for you you know that you
0: have the ability to do whatever you want with no consequences and that's why you see average israelis and to your point american citizens half the people that we interviewed in west jerusalem when we went over there for just a couple hours and got these bloodthirsty genocidal maniacs on camera happy to talk about this and express ethnic cleansing on fucking camera half of them were american half of them were american and i think it's a really profound point because America is this, you know, it, it's also founded on the expulsion and genocide of native peoples. It's also founded on the backs of slavery. That's how our wealth has been built up for generations. Yeah. But moreover, it's, you know, we internalize this like military machine that oppresses so many people around the world and this militarization of society. But Israel is almost just a more extreme version of our settler uh, colony, because oh, they yeah. are actively engaging in the ethnic cleansing still. It would be as if we were still doing this, you know, 73 or I don't know, hundreds of years later, still doing this to the native people here, um, because Israel is just continuing to commit, you know, conquest beyond the, the borders that they were given. Um, totally. And even though we do that insidiously, they, they're doing that every single day. And they also can can pretend that they're under the threat of, you know, that they can pretend that they're in danger and that they live under threat and which justifies this even more extreme kind of genocidal attitude. And totally. they think that Americans empathize with that. That's why they were just so quick to be like, yeah, we should wipe them off the face of the planet, carpet bomb them all um, and kill them. And, and you you have to ask yourself, if you're that open to say that to an American audience, what are you saying and doing behind
1: closed doors? And you know what? There's something almost more honest about that in a way than mm-hmm. what, how Americans think of themselves and their history here. Because you mentioned the Native Americans. I mean, technically America is worse than Israel. I mean, in, uh, by a long mm-hmm. shot, just be based on what we did to the Native Americans, that they, they, we basically fully genocided them mm-hmm. and marginalized them and suppressed them and fucked with them to the point where most native americans that are still around in the united states are like living in very poor areas it's yeah it's really disturbing to think that we sort of share this sort of mentality with israel and we're and we think it's fine like oh yeah that happened like hundreds of years ago like that's not that's not my problem it's like literally you are you are reaping the benefits of this genocide that's a fact
0: I mean, essentially, Native people live in, like, refugee camps today, no potable water. Yeah. And I visited um, Pine Ridge, which is the poorest community in the entire country. It's um, where the Sioux live in North Dakota. And, I mean, it was just absolutely shocking. I mean, the rates of alcoholism, the fa- I spoke to this one woman who's, like, a youth counselor there, and she just said, like, People, like young kids, like kill themselves because they don't want to burden their grandparents. Um, they live in like tractor trailer homes. And we're talking about weather that's like negative 30 with no running water or electricity. Like I, I don't understand how that happens. and And the fact that we did this to these people and they still live like this, it's just fucking vile.
1: It makes the whole wokeness era of the United States just seem even more like a joke, you know, like it doesn't yeah. address any of the real stuff, but it's just like the superficial, you know, the, the, the visual, the optics of things is like all people care about now.
0: Yeah, we need to give reparations to Native people. And um, and that's first and foremost, before we can even posit ourselves as progressive, the disgusting hypocrisy coming from the Biden administration makes me sick
1: but Liz Warren, Abby. She's a, she's an Native oh, yeah, American. she was going to be a representative. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's running again. Robbie, did you hear that that little leak coming out from her new book where no, she talks dude. about how she uh
1: Benny She was really mad.
0: Again. Yeah, like uh Jay Paul or whatever that woman's name is apparently back in 2016 when Elizabeth Warren announced her candidacy and Jay Paul uh, told her she was supporting Bernie. Elizabeth Warren like accused her of being sexist. And it's like can you imagine the audacity? Like the the arrogance um to actually weaponize sexism like for I mean it's just so gross and the fact that she's running again is just like laughable dude and like, she was good terrible
1: luck, in Israel too like oh she's horrible she was like she was so much worse than Bernie it was like mm-hmm. it made it even just more disgusting that there are people like on the fence between her and Bernie it's like dude are you fucking kidding me like who the yeah. fuck are you people dude? yeah fuck Bernie <laughs> seemed like
0: a Bernie seemed like a saint compared yeah. to her during during that whole situation in terms of Israel Palestine like at and, least Bernie was talking about conditioning aid
1: yeah and he was still I mean, he was still doing that, equivocating both sides thing yeah. to a degree, which was disgusting. I mean, that one town hall clip that yeah, we played back in, in a 20. episode yeah. I mean, I guess we kind of got off track. We were talking about the what how this escalated. and I guess oh, right. We didn't we didn't really get to the point where now the IDF announced they are sending in ground forces. They're also sending in tanks, which seems pretty fucking horrible. I guess, tell me a little bit about how it got there. Like, how did it get from the aerial bombings to that? And then did when? Did, how long did it take during the siege of Gaza in 2014 uh, for that to happen? Because they also sent ground troops in that time as well, right?
0: Really good point. So this is what happened. Um, before the IDF announced that they were sending in ground troops yesterday, they... We're protecting and shielding these mobs of extremists. So I talked about the specific groups that were organizing some of these rallies, and then it turned into just kind of an organic movement, an organic uprising of just fascists in general within Israel, all around the West Bank. And it really is like kind of a breaking moment because you see Palestinians mobilizing for the first time in what seems like since the second Intifada. Like this really does have the potential to really turn into something really huge because it's not just Gaza right? Mm-hmm. Like in 2014, it was Gaza. Um, 2018, with the Great March of Return, that was specifically in Gaza. But the West Bank and Jerusalem and for really all of uh, Palestinian society throughout these areas to be mobilizing like this is something very, very incredible to, to behold. Um, then you have Yemen, Iraq, Lebanon, saying that they are going to send armed reinforcements if Palestinians ask. Um, Could be just a symbolic gesture, but like things are definitely heating up in in the larger uh, scope of what's going on in the area, which is really incredible because all the Arab nations have just totally taken Israel's side. You know, all these fake normalized relation deals that Trump allegedly oversaw, like the peace deals. So all these mobs were marauding through these neighborhoods And uh, destroying Arab businesses and, and again, like the lynch mobs taking people out, beating them, and etc. So that was going on with the protection of Israeli soldiers that were basically shielding them. Then you had yesterday the IDF tweeted that they were going to invade Gaza, essentially. They said that they are going to attack the Gaza Strip with air and ground troops. This is coming on the heels of several government ministers and officials Inciting genocide quite explicitly across social media, saying we are going to flatten many more buildings. You had Benny Gantz saying that. You had Netanyahu saying we're going to set the Gaza Strip on fire. Um, Just things like that, like very commonplace among Israeli politicians. You know, we know that there's no real like opposition party, it's just kind of two heads of the same snake. But that's what they were saying, like very explicit admission that we are going to commit more war crimes, flattening all of these buildings, killing a bunch more civilians. Um, and they were even posting literally fake doctored videos, kind of similarly to the video that they posted of Razan al-Najjar pretending that she was a human shield to justify why they executed her. They're posting videos doctoring them, like either really old videos or videos from like Lebanon of rockets and posting them on their social media being like, and po- and putting like Gaza like, like watermarks and stuff on them from like Hamas um, media arms and stuff that are fake. Because Electronic and Tifada tracked these videos and they're like, these are fucking fake, dude. Like they, they're doctoring these and posting them to make it seem like rockets are hitting these buildings and stuff. Um, so that's really crazy. So once the IDF announced that they were going in, everyone was just freaking out. They're like, oh my God, the IDF is invading, you know, with air support. You know, this is a really horrifying thing. Turns out, Robbie, it was, a, it was like a PSYOP. They didn't actually invade Yet. Uh, they put out the statement themselves. You can't attribute this to like a mistranslation because the IDF literally tweeted this themselves. So I don't know if they were just trying to do like a psychological, like fear mongering operation to just like freak out everyone that lived within Gaza and just create even more anxiety at the moment, thinking that at any moment they can, you know, be invaded. But that's what happened is that. Um, They didn't actually go in. I heard from several sources within Gaza saying, no, that's not true. They're just barraging us with rockets and and bombs right now. Um, And that was when I heard that there was 100 airstrikes within 30 minutes yesterday.
1: I mean, maybe, I I don't know, maybe you can shed some light on this. I don't know how it occurred last time or when they went in. But I mean, maybe they're going to do even more rocket, you know, bombardments Mm -hmm. and bombings before they go in this time. Maybe they're just waiting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to clear, to clear the area. I mean, this is what they do when they invade, like, because they'll, they'll go and invade, um,
1: like, refugee camps. Do you remember the language that Don Kagan used on that radio appearance with his son, Fred Kagan, of the Kagan no. family? No, what did he say? He said that in response to 9-11, the U.S. military should, with the help of the IDF, go into the Palestinian territories, go in there and clean it out. He literally used the phrase, clean it out. Wow. Fuck Casual genocide. Yeah, Like we just got to, Abby, just take a little towel and, you know, clean out that little crevice. It's like, it's almost like these are how these people see human beings that are Arab. They just see them as not even less than ants. There's like, they're like dirt to them.
0: Yeah. 50% kids. Like this is a war on children.
1: 50% of people in Gaza are
0: fucking kids, dude. And I
1: bet you even people in the IDF are like good. Like when they kill kids, there's probably people in there like good. Fuck them, it's like that clip of the yeah. U.S. soldier being like, Should you brought your kids to the battlefield? Like, yeah. it's like, dude,
0: you fucking no, that's, exact, that's exactly that's exactly Jeffrey what Jeffrey Dahmer
1: monster.
0: But, um, when the IDF goes and raids like refugee camps, they'll just blow giant holes within the building so they could walk through them because a lot of these are like really tight quarters and they're essentially they're scared, you know, at the core of this, Israelis are clearly scared of Palestinians to the point where they can't have a fair fight, you know, and that's why they're doing this. Um, and that's why they just decide to just blow them out of the water instead of, like, <laughs> facing them down. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing that tactic where they're just blowing up as much as possible before they actually send troops in. But we have to remember back in 2014 that they did get fucked.
1: Did you see the video of, like, a, a group of Palestinians rolling a, a tire down the hill towards some IDF mm-hmm. soldiers? Mm-hmm. You already see that? No. And uh, the IDF soldier, you know, they're all armed, and the IDF soldier tries to kick the tire out of the way, and he gets caught in it and falls over like a fucking clown. It looks like a cartoon. <laughs> so if that's the if that's the level of skill that these people have, then yeah, of course they're. I mean, it makes sense why they're just going in there and just blowing the heads off of anyone they see that looks like they're they're not Jewish. They're like little children with machine guns, basically.
0: Yeah. And a lot of them are little kids. I mean, like 17-year-old Americans who go over there, get brainwashed by birthright, and then just join the IDF. And
1: and that's one thing I think, I don't know if, probably a lot of people already know this who listen to our podcast, but like people like Jeffrey Goldberg, who was like a classic Mm -hmm. Iraq Mm -hmm. War neocon, now the editor-in-chief for The Atlantic, he literally worked as an IDF prison guard who admitted to beating up Palestinians in prison. Like... This is fucking crazy that we have people in the journalistic class here who volunteered for the IDF and beat up Palestinians in prison. Are you kidding me? That is that is fucking ridiculous.
0: I'm so happy you brought that up because I wanted to talk about the media coverage now and how where are the Uyghur? Where's the Uyghur genocide people? Where are they, Robbie? Where are all the people who talk about Uyghur genocide? We are seeing a genocide unfold in front of our eyes you can't look away it's as plain as day they talk about prison camps in China we're looking at a fucking prison camp being
1: bombed like where are you people can you imagine if China threw one bomb into the Xinjiang (laughs) province yes one a single bomb it would be it would be number one media story for like three weeks straight we wouldn't we would have gone to war with China yeah, it is the most fucking ridiculous thing ever. And I'm just gonna say this right here. I have no evidence to suggest this. I have no I have this is just a theory of mine, but I think I think it's worth considering. Who is benefiting the most right now from the amount of media attention that the Uyghur situation is getting in China? Who is benefiting the most from this? I'm not saying that they're behind it, but I do think it's undeniable that the two entities, the nations that are benefiting the most from that coverage is the United States and Israel, because yep. it makes people forget about Palestine. It makes people forget about Gitmo. It makes people forget that the United States government has murdered almost 2 million Muslims since 9-11. So I think these things are all worth putting into perspective. It's like, why is there so much coverage you know, about, about the Uyghurs right now? Is it because they're so cared about by the government and media class here now? Or is it because something funny is going on? And that we're escalating a cold war with China and that there's these other two countries that have done horrible things to Muslims that are actually the people that somehow get a free pass from the Western media. Well, somehow, I mean, it's controlled, but, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like, you know, you mentioned Jeffrey Goldberg from the Atlantic. And I think that's a really good point because that's probably the most like egregious example. But then you have people like the CNN's uh, Jerusalem correspondent Her openly tweeting her support for the IDF. This is a, a bureau chief in Jerusalem working for CNN, providing the Middle East analysis for CNN, and they are literally posting pictures of a cake. showing an IDF soldier on it, being like, I'm so excited. My niece is joining the IDF today.
1: Well, of course, Abby, they couldn't have, I mean, they had to get rid of all the reporters who had natural reactions to watching Israelis sitting on uh, like lawn chairs, like they're at the beach cheering when Gaza was being bombed in 2014. Remember that CNN reporter was like, she couldn't even hold back her disgust after watching it. Yep, And she got fired, right?
0: Yeah, and she was scared. She was like, these people are disgusting. She didn't say these people are disgusting, but she was like, I was really scared for no, my she life." No, she was literally being fired. threatened by them. They yeah, were literally right.
1: being threatened. They were threatening her on scene. And also, this is something that people don't realize those Israeli mobs that we were talking about earlier, that were like roving around, beating up Arab looking people, mm-hmm. taking them out of their cars, they also did it to uh, someone that they identified as a leftist, Abby, just like you've been saying all these yep. years that death to leftist is something that these ultra zionists chant because they believe that anyone who's in media who's potentially even showing anything sympathetic to the Palestinians at all is like a leftist who is just to them like needs to be killed yes they're very anti any journalist who shows anything making the Palestinians look human and there's actually a video clip going around right now of a bunch of Israelis trying to kick and beat up a a journalist with a camera who's like filming like they don't even know the the context is unknown what he's even filming they just assume this guy is a leftist and just start beating him up um and so i think that it's actually been very typical for israel to actually treat media as the enemy not Mm -hmm. only have they been bombing Mm -hmm. these uh media locations they you know like you said they blew off an rt reporter's leg the last time they tried to blow up one of these towers. There's a a, a clip from about 15, 16 years ago where uh, an international reporter, I think it might have been from Reuters, I can't remember Mm -hmm, exactly, mm -hmm. was filming the IDF setting up some kind of, they were staging some kind of assault and they had clearly marked press van, Abby, they had the, the whole side of the van painted press, the guy was wearing a press vest and he's there filming an Israeli tank from like, I don't know, a mile in the distance And all of a sudden, as he's filming this Israeli tank, this is a mainstream journalist. You see the the tank uh, gun shell go off and you're like, oh, shit. And they literally aim directly at the journalist and shot him with a tank shell. None of these people got in trouble. I don't even know who these Israeli soldiers were. Yeah, he fucking died. The Israeli, the military is just like, oh, there's a journalist over there. We don't like that guy. Let's fucking murder him with a tank right (laughs) now. Fuck that dude. I mean, that's how brazen this shit is. Oh God. And yeah, someone else brought
0: up the example of like, we always see these images of the Tiananmen Square, like the guy facing down the tank. And it's like, why do we always see this image as some sort of uh, depiction of Chinese authoritarianism when like the tank doesn't run the guy over?
1: Yeah, that's true. You know yeah. what I
0: mean? It's like the guy is just like standing there with the briefcases and then he goes and walks up inside the tank and like yells at the guy. Well, meanwhile, you have Israeli tanks actually running over peace
1: activists, like literally. Yeah. Like (laughs) Rachel Corey got fucking run over, dude. Yeah. And she was, she was protesting the demolition of a, of a house and they literally buried her with a tractor. Like that's how much they do not give a shit. And she was an American protester too. Yes. Like, can you imagine if that happened in North Korea? If an American protester, if like a North Korean cop, like ran over someone with a car who was just like standing in front of a building with a sign. It'd be it, again, it would be international news for years. The auto worm bear thing was like yeah, right. international news for years. And yeah, I mean, it was fucked up what happened to him. He pulled down some banner and, and he ended up dying in the hospital or whatever. But like that's not nearly as crazy as what happened to Rachel Corey yeah and do you see these ap
0: reuters like speaking of ap and reuters they're supposed to be these impartial news wires that are then delivered to news agencies that then editorialize the content but oh, they're yeah. so fucking biased it's
1: hilarious I oh, mean, it's Reut- not hilarious it's sad well reuters in particular abby and and we probably should do a breakdown of this at some point because i don't think i did a great job doing it but reuters is the entity that fed into all those news networks on 9 11 at 11 a.m in the morning footage that they claimed was Palestinians celebrating 9-11, that Reuters somehow was there on the ground and fed all this footage to the media, to me is very suspicious and I've never trusted Reuters since. And by the way, Reuters and AP both ran with a fake beheading video that me and my friend and my wife made uh, as a real beheading video. The two mm-hmm. most supposedly trustworthy wire surfaces in the world ran with our fake video as if it was real without doing any fact-checking. So what does that yeah. tell you about these entities?
0: Yeah. And they keep publi- publishing different headlines that are just so bizarre. Like remember that headline during 2014 that said missile finds children no, like dear. playing on the beach, Oh my like God. A- as if they found like a landmine and it blew them Holy up instead of like Israeli shit. soldiers targeting them. So that was a funny New York Times headline. But these, but the Reuters and AP are publishing stuff now being like children killed and fighting. It's like well, the children were fighting. Or wow. did the children get bombed while they were sleeping in their homes? you know, and then it'll always call them militants. Anyone who dies in Gaza is an alleged militant. they'll just perform state stenography uncritically from the Israeli oh government God. and the US government. It'll just say all these people are militants. but then, you know, even when a soldier the, an Israeli soldier was killed, I think one Israeli soldier's been killed so far and they were just like he was a civilian um and then you saw the car attack there was an actual like car ramming attack from a settler that ran over two palestinians
1: yeah and the way that
0: ap yeah the way that ap or reuters i forget which one covered it was like palestinians throw rocks at crashed car
1: no it was like it was like car crashes because of like clashes with palestinians or something yeah yeah (laughs) it acted like the car crashed i mean yeah, the videos, clearly the dude was using the car as a fucking battering ram. And then the IDF yeah. soldier, of course, comes and saves him. Lucky for him, yeah, because of, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that guy probably deserved what was coming to him if he used his car as a weapon to try to murder some Palestinians. So luck, very lucky he got saved by an IDF soldier. And, you know, we're missing, I mean, I don't want to go back in time too much, but it's like there's so many brazen examples Abby, of just complete, utterly horrifying behavior from the IDF and the Israeli government that it's like the fact that anybody could sit here and still defend this and and not admit that this is systematic I mean right. just that one that one piece of video footage where the IDF already has a guy I guess who was wield, wielding a knife they already I think they already like wounded him in the leg he's sitting there on the ground laying down you know it's a pretty looks like a pretty calm atmosphere like it's almost like a crime scene that's been locked down by the IDF they're just sitting there hanging out and then all of a sudden you just see an IDF soldier put his gun right up to the dude's head and blow his head off on the ground and it's just like everyone just standing around as if nothing happened it's like what in the fuck this is like yeah well in i mean it's just un, inhuman it's like where else do you see footage like that
0: i mean that was Elor Azaria and after he because it was so crazy bet salem the human rights organization that like does this kind of watchdog journalism there and they're also widely hated by israeli society and there's a lot of threats against them but they filmed that somehow acquired a video of that elo Rosaria, the soldier who executed the palestinian man on the ground and i don't even believe that he fucking had a knife they plant these knives on people all the time but um even if he did you as you said it was completely locked down there was no danger being posed whatsoever and he was executed well, because it was such an uproar from the international community, Elor Rosario was charged with a, you know, he was given a slap on the wrist and eventually put on house arrest. And there was so many fucking protests in Israeli society demanding his release. That's where you saw these huge 10,000 people strong, like marches and rallies that Dan Cohen and David Sheen filmed of them chanting death to the leftists, death to the videographers. And they actually had, like, big puppets. They, they really liked, like, like, uh, theatrical shit like this. Like, they had these giant puppets that they were dancing with that all had their hands bound at, to symbolize, like, our hands are tied from committing genocide. Like, if you're going to actually prosecute a soldier and, for killing a, quote-unquote, terrorist, then that's unacceptable.
1: Um, it was stunning. It's like a Blue Lives Matter mentality, like, on steroids, like yeah. to, to a degree that's almost unfathomable, although there are people here who will just apologize anything a cop does. Also what's been kind of shocking, Abby, is at this stage in what what Israel is doing, this massacre, even when they're in the areas they're not bombing, where Israeli troops are just hassling Palestinians, I mean basically these IDF soldiers are out there kicking heads and like, you know, fucking with all these Palestinians right now, even though they haven't gone in with ground troops yet to actually do fighting. Uh, they're throwing grenades and like smoke bombs and tear gas at ambulances constantly. And there's been right. like two video clips already of it happening. Uh, they even tried to throw a smoke grenade at one ambulance and a journalist was filming them doing an interview stand up spot right in front of the IDF as the guy was about to toss the grenade. And she's like, Oh wait, like she like told the cameraman like, Oh look at that. And then the IDF soldier looks straight into the camera. You know how like in high school, like someone like, pre- like we pretend to throw something and then they like, they like, kind of do like a little like skid off to the side kind of move, like Mm -hmm. and try to play it cool like they weren't going to. It's exactly what the the Israeli soldier does. He looks at the camera and just kinda like turns to the side and pretends like he wasn't going to throw it because he sees he's on camera. (laughs) I mean, so (laughs) they understand. They understand that, you know, being on camera doing these things is doesn't look good, but yet Obviously, the Israeli government as a whole and Netanyahu does not give a fuck. I mean, like, they're, they're, otherwise they would not be blowing up entire apartment buildings like this.
0: Yeah. And let's um, let's wrap it up here by just talking about, you know, what, what lies ahead for the future. Um, and I want to begin this point by saying, you know, our movie has been put out for free. And I'm really honored at the wave of support we're getting for it, you know, people like Tim Heidecker who I would never expect to actually sit down and watch something like that. I the time is so ripe to educate people. Like people are paying attention for the first time in years and like now is our moment. Now is our moment to really try to spread this consciousness to every single person. Wear pro Palestine shirts, go out, talk to everyone that you encounter on a day-to-day basis. You know, COVID is Not as big of a danger anymore. Like a lot of people are vaccinated. You can go out and start like communicating with people and spreading this information because it has to be on a peer-to-peer level because the corporate media will continue to run cover for these crimes. So we have Gaza Fights for Freedom out for free. Immediately it got censored by YouTube. Not pulled directly, which I'm actually surprised it hasn't been yet. But there's no share button for people who are living outside the U.S., It doesn't exist. I've gotten hundreds of screenshots showing the share button is gone. It never showed up in people's subscription lists. For the first two days, it didn't appear on search engines at all. It was completely removed from search engines. engines. Then, of course, immediately there was an age restriction. That I do kind of get because, you know, there are scenes of graphic violence, a couple scenes of graphic violence. So I get that. But it's not just an age restriction. It's so far beyond that in terms of security levels that you have to actually prove that you are a real person and enter a state ID matched with a bank account, Robbie. Weird. If you live outside the U.S., I've gotten so many people being like, I literally can't watch this because I don't want to put like my
1: passport number into YouTube. BitChute's almost kind of like uh, anti-YouTube. Might not even hurt to throw it up there too. BitChute's one of these only sort Of free speech websites that isn't completely like MAGA right wing, like it actually does mm-hmm. have good shit on there. But I mean, there's a lot of MAGA QAnon stuff on there, also. Of course, any of these alternative platforms will have it.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. We do have, uh, we at least made um codes for the Arabic and Spanish translations that are that are on YouTube right now. I mean, if you go to Gaza, well, not on YouTube, on Vimeo, if you go to GazaFightsForFreedom.com. You can find all of this information. We are, we're also still selling, of course, high quality DVDs and stuff like that. But the code is Razan, R A Z A N, all in caps to watch the Arabic and Spanish
1: versions. So you're, you'll be okay with someone torrenting it. You'd be okay with someone uploading it to archive.org. Yeah. You'd be okay yeah. with someone putting on a bit shoot. So, yeah. Uh, so, anybody's listening out there, spread this far and wide.
0: Absolutely. The time is now because this movie is a great example of exposing the lies that Israel gives about why they have to kill people because this is an example of what Palestinians are met with when they protest peacefully you know like yeah not even peaceful resistance is accepted yeah um but I when you when you mention like there is some sort of shift in public consciousness it seems kind of an impenetrable like chorus of just defense for Israel from our political establishment and media, of course, because they know what they need to say to keep their jobs. And a lot of these politicians don't give a fuck about social justice or human rights. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in those positions of power. But I do think that not only is mass consciousness shifting on the ground, I absolutely have seen it more now than ever before, because every time Israel goes on the offense, more people wake up. Social media is such a huge tool to to dominate the narrative now they they no longer control the narrative at all you know and more people are on social media instead of like watching cnn then you have entities like human rights watch which is notorious for kind of both sides in this issue you know ken roth who's a fucking regime change shill always condemns the crimes of hamas and always falsely equivocates both sides and stuff and even they had to come out and say that israel is officially an apartheid state that we have gone past the point of no return Um, The ICC, the International Criminal Court, finally came out and said they are moving forward with investigating Israel for war crimes. So put that in conjunction with all of the historic uprisings all across occupied Palestine, which is an unprecedented thing, at least in in terms of since the Second Intifada. Um, This is a huge breakthrough moment, and that is why it's so important for us to not only spread awareness in every fucking way that we can to everyone that we know, but also go out, you know, go out and participate in Palestinian solidarity actions that are happening all over the country all the time. Um, And in fact, it's so interesting, Robbie, that in Germany and France, they're actually so much more criminalized, like Palestinian solidarity, like BDS is like totally illegal. Um, And. Germany, they just, uh, or I'm sorry, in France, I think they just banned, like, actually protests that are pro-Palestine protests. Germany is so fucking disgusting that they continue to exploit their guilt or, like, project all their guilt from the Holocaust to just continue to punish Palestinian kids. Um, Ali Abu Nima from Electronic Intifada just went on German state TV and he was just like he was just like the nuremberg laws were put in forth after the holocaust like th- this is what israel's violating like how is this happening and how is it that germany is still just so guilt like they're they're just using their fucking collective guilt from 70 years ago to just commit atrocities and genocide on the on gazan children and he was like banned from german state tv they ha- they apologized mm-hmm. for having him on and issued this like giant correction, but it just shows you that this is it's just so much crazier. Actually, in some places in Europe, um, where Nazism was very visceral, of course, in society. But but we have the opportunity here because, of course, it's our government subsidizing the most of what's happening and po- providing the political cover. Of course, we're way more powerful than Germany, so it really is up to us and us alone right now to mobilize participate in the divestment efforts uh, and just follow Palestinians lead in terms of solidarity actions and just what we can do. Um, Because once you see the truth, you can't unsee it and you can't justify this anymore. And if you continue to justify it, you're not progressive. You're not a liberal. You're fucking uh, apartheid apologist. And we need to start shaming that. Like, it's no longer it's no longer feasible for us to internalize this like, oh, like, Oh, no, no, I'm not anti-Semitic. Like, be on the defense all the time. Be like, no, I'm not anti-Semitic because I'm criticizing this fucking apartheid state. No, we need to shame these motherfuckers. You're the apologist for apartheid. You're the apologist for genocide. It's shameful. It's shameful. To see,
1: like, this official blue checkmark account saying, like, anti-Semite of the week is Eli Valley, like, political activists and artists, was, like, so crazy to me because, like, that should almost be, like, Illegal, like you should not be allowed. You know how, like, they want to outlaw people for being anti Semitic in Europe or whatever, like with these draconian laws. Mm-hmm. Um, they should the opposite should be true here. If you sling around the word anti Semite and someone's not, it's at least open you up to yes. like such an extreme lawsuit that it could make you penniless because that's really harmful. That's a weaponized thing to go around calling people anti Semites at this point who criticize Israel. It's completely there's just no equivalent. And and to say that, like, American Jews, that's their homeland and stuff, like, that shit's anti-Semitic. That, like, these Zionists like to push that point of view. There's no, there's no connection. People who are Jewish here are not Israeli. That's not their homeland. Like, so fucking shut up with that shit. Yeah, based on
0: the rationale of a biblical ancient text. Yeah. You know, what are the thousands of years ago that you think that you have some sort of like biblical roots to the land that was told to you in a book and therefore you can expel and violently ethnically cleanse a population now that actually have physical roots to this land, cultural, historic ties to the land that you want to expel them from because you you, you feel like you're ordained by a religion. I mean, it's just absolutely demented.
1: It is. And, and do you mind if I just go off on a rant and talk about all the horrific media actors, I think? are No,
0: please. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, let's wrap it up by hearing about what can cons- all these supposed anti-war, anti-establishment maga America
1: first. What are they saying about this, Robbie? Well, what's really interesting, Abby, is that every single one of them, every single MAGA-chud platformed MAGA Trump figure that we saw the last four years who was going around, prancing around, saying they were anti-war, they were anti-neocon. Jack Posobiec just said the other day, neocons get the boot. Well, Jack Posobiec wants the boot to his own fucking neck because he's out there on Twitter every day for the last five years saying things that sound identical to a crazed neocon about Israel, saying terror towers every time a tower gets bombed. So, It's fascinating to me that all these basically Zionist MAGA people were presenting themselves as being anti-neocon in America first. That's just not compatible. So if you're out there listening, you're still a MAGA person, you still support these frauds like Jack Posobiec and Mike Cernovich, and you think they're anti-neocon, just look at their timelines right now. Mike Cernovich is just constantly talking about Hamas. Here, I'll just read to you some of his... I'll just read to you, if you really want to get enraged, first of all... Let's just talk about Steve Bannon, someone who's supposed to be the anti-globalist, right? Who's supposed to be sending anti-Jewish dog whistles out there. Well, he actually founded Breitbart in Israel as a symbolic gesture with Andrew Breitbart. Um, he actually met with Rabbi Shmuley as one of his first acts in the White House. Uh, so we just need to set that up. We just need to say that up front, that these right populists are way more Zionist than like even the generic liberals are. So that's step one. So to think that these people are somehow anti-establishment still, or they're anti the military-industrial complex, or even this fake concepting America first is just complete fucking fiction. Stop buying into that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, and it shows you just this is all driven by their hatred of Muslims still. You yeah, know? or just you know, or they just tow a line that they're told. They don't have any principled point of view whatsoever. Like for example, this psychotic congresswoman named Lauren Boebert. Um, what did she say? Uh, on May 12th she said no more Americans should be dying in endless wars in the Middle East we need to repeal AUMF now before Biden sends more American kids to die in the desert you know if we saw that like five or six years ago we'd be like oh that's good that a congressperson is saying that but then you look at every single one of her other tweets and they're just all like IDF propaganda like Hasbro I mean what just total straight up she says this is what happens when you send 235 million to a terrorist regime talking about Wow. Um, how Israelis are hiding in, in bomb shelters. She's saying that Biden's not doing enough uh, to support Israel right now. Um, and she's basically saying that the $235 million that was for Palestinian relief is just paying for all the rockets so that we should take all their money away. So this is the kind of thing, but she's totally not saying anything about defunding Israel. It's just completely absent from the platform. Jack Posobiec, Mr. Uh, saying Neocons Get the Boot, who actually wants a boot to his own neck, Says, uh, was Hamas targeting cell phone out of the building an ample warning given in advance when some guy is saying they just cluster bombed a 14-story building? He says, did you know the IDF uses a tactic called roof knocking to warn of an impending missile strike? A non-explosive low-yield device is dropped on the target to warn that a strike is imminent. They also often place phone calls ahead to warn. Who is Jack's source on this? Is he just on the phone with an IDF? agent right. like a Mossad agent <laughs> what is this bullshit you fucking clown motherfucker She <laughs> so just posting up straight IDF propaganda he says Hamas uses human shields for just this purpose Oh my! and he shows God. an apartment for building and purpose? why they needed to blow it up Neocon Jack you need to boot Neocon Jack you little fucking bitch wow. little lollipop gill, little <laughs> bitch Eli Lake says Hamas starts wars it always loses because it doesn't care about Palestinian lives
0: Mm. Well, yeah, remember, I mean, that, that echoes just stuff from Netanyahu where he said Palestinians want their children to die because they need to pile up dead bodies so they'll look telegenically dead mm-hmm. for TV mm-hmm. audiences, Robbie. That, that's the whole,
1: that's, yeah. that's their thing. So I put a challenge to people. I said, tell me one MAGA who is taking like a somewhat c- correct or like anti-Israel position. You know, who sort of carries through with that America first anti-military industrial complex are supposed to you know, they're supposed to have this mindset, right? <laughs> the the funny part is the only people anyone could offer me as examples, Abby, were the groipers, who are the oh little anti Semite alt writers. But you know what's even funny about those fucking idiots? Like Nick Fuentes, who's a little yeah. baby, he blocked me yeah. on, on Twitter as soon as I started talking to him, is they were all just totally Trump bootlickers yep. the whole time. So like They couldn't even, it's like, so they're anti-Semite MAGAs. They're called the Groypers. Yet they just suck Trump's fucking dick the whole time. Yep. So it's just utterly bizarre how hypocritical every single one of these pieces of shit are. And they need to be held up and nailed to the fucking wall. (laughs) Every single one of these tweets of theirs need to be shown of how bloodthirsty they are, how pro-Israel they are. And just another funny side note. All the people who actually ran cover for and ran interference for Zionist Tulsi Gabbard, I think they should be pretty embarrassed right now as well. But I just saw a funny tweet the other day from Michael Tracy, who just blatantly lies. He says, Tulsi Gabbard spent the entire 2020 Democratic primary campaign condemning Israel for its illegal occupation of Palestine. You fucking liar. (laughs) What the hell? That's crazy. Did she even talk once about the occupation? No, she like
0: she had like a she had like a mealy mouthed response to someone who who grilled her at some q and a event, and that was the only time and she could barely even muster any sort of like rational response um or lo- or like yeah. c- comprehensible response. What's interesting about Michael Tracy? I mean he was following her around like a little lost puppy dog throughout the whole primary, which was sad. I hope you got paid well for that, um but I wonder if he could actually prove that with a video clip. you know it shouldn't be hard. you were filming her, you were documenting her so let's let's put together a little montage yeah. of her statements on Palestine.
1: it was just hilarious i mean the there's you know there's some people who ran interference for Tulsi that I respect a little bit still, um but it's like the main people who did just you know have it they're just totally hypocritical, like Nico House and these other people who are surrogates for her are just out there acting like they're outraged at Israel right now. It's like, well, you weren't outraged when Tulsi was total Zionist shill praising IDF missile factories. You you just wouldn't even address it.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he's mad at Jack Posobiec for just literally echoing IDF propaganda and being a state stenographer for Israel.
1: Huh? Yeah, I forgot that Nico House literally constantly apologizes for Jack Posobiec and says that he is his friend. yes. yes. And, you know, let's just talk about the intellectual dark web for a second, um, because, you know, Abby, I don't think people can forget this. And I will go to my grave believing this, that there was something that you triggered by going on the Joe Rogan show. You set a, a chain reaction in motion by basically just speaking really honestly and candidly about the Israel and Palestine situation. You were you were very direct. You, you didn't pull any punches. And Immediately after you appeared on Joe Rogan, an Israeli government lobbying group called Stand With Us that actually got involved in the Rachel Corey thing too. They went against Rachel Corey's family, believe it or not. Uh, This Israeli government lobbying group, Stand With Us, that teaches Hasbro courses around the world, actually tried to cancel you, Abby, off the Joe Rogan program. They sent somewhere around a thousand letters or something to Joe Rogan to try to get you canceled. Now- Barry Weiss pops up out of nowhere, this person who, you know, we heard about years earlier who was trying to get Palestinians kicked off campus in her old college. It's like, who the fuck is this fucking person? I don't know. But all of a sudden, she's writing New York Times editorials about this new thing called the intellectual dark web and how everybody in this intellectual dark web is a renegade who just, they have such controversial ideas that they're going to be canceled. But yet every single person she mentions in this fucking article is a Zionist or they don't say anything about Israel at all. They don't criticize Israel at all. Joe doesn't really. But like every single other person in the article that's part of this intellectual dark web is a Zionist. Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, Eric Weinstein. I don't. Mean, I don't know really what Brett Weinstein's deal is. He's he's a little bit more of a mystery. But Eric Weinstein, this guy who coined the term intellectual dark web, is as big as a Zionist as you can get. I mean, he's. You should just see his Twitter feed. Here's what he says. He says. Consider the massive military differential between Gaza and Israel. Let these Palestinian rockets explain who actually believes in Israeli military restraint. IDF professionalism and Israel's desire for eventual peace. Oddly, as Hamas who believes in the decency of Israel. Huh? And then this is what he also said about real Candace Owens. Here are things I'm watching for with real Candace Owens. As someone with strong support for Israel, I'm hoping Candace will talk about the need to decouple issues of police brutality against U.S. blacks from any anti-Israel stance of BLM. This is the kind of shit Eric Weinstein is tweeting. He gets mad in 2016 about John Kerry undermining Israel, he says. Wow. He says... On May 22nd, 2019, Eric Weinstein says, we just sent our son to visit Israel just after the rockets were launched from Gaza. I think it's a piece of information that influences my thinking. While I'm sympathetic with some Arab issues and fed up with some Israeli behavior, I've lost all patience with Arab rockets. Targeting oh my supplies. God, dude. Targeting civilians. <laughs> it just goes on and on. One of the most disgusting tweets, it's hard to even say on the podcast because it's just like a fucking like stupid like nerd tweet he says i am saying something edgier which is this every nation has an abomination ratio unit injustice hypocrisy over unit of impossibility of survival yes israel has a lot to answer for but it's abomination ratio is a point of pride excuse me bds is the abomination this is eric weinstein I just need to also say this because I didn't make it clear already. Barry Weiss, who's out there becoming this queen of writing about cancel culture and all these people, you know, all these cancel culture people who write about it all the time, they're all pretty much Zionist, which is kind of bizarre. And Barry Weiss literally got paid by Stand With Us, which is an Israeli government funded lobbying group to do speeches for them. She just comes out of the woodwork. You know, after this thing where you get slammed and try, attempted to be canceled by Stand With Us, here she pops up. It's almost like a Jamie Kirchick redux in a way. It's kind of that crazy. Yeah, and
0: she's painted as like this courageous truth teller, like quitting New York Times because she was, the you know, she's being censored and smeared by her colleagues because she's telling too much truth. Well, she's a total fucking shill of Israel. And that's really what she is. And yeah, yeah. anyone who takes money from Stand With Us is just... Wow. Yeah, Stand With Us video about me was so full of lies. And it's just like kind of an honor. It's like not only this giant smear campaign launched to Joe Rogan oh, to yeah. try to get an Israeli government official to come onto to a show to debunk what I said, but also actually spending the resources to create a video trying to debunk me by the Israeli government calling me a an anti-Semite. Yeah. Pretty astonishing stuff. There's a lot of money to go around, especially with the billions that the U.S. is giving them. And, you know, we didn't even get to touch upon Colombia which is referred to as the Israel of Latin America. And this is another entity that is a U.S. military proxy in Latin America used to stage operations and regime change and all of this other stuff um, to its neighbors like Venezuela. And Colombia is committing horrific human rights abuses and atrocities right now. Uh, And we can get into that in the next episode. I, I I just can't commend the bravery enough To all of these people who are living under fascist oppression and actually brave enough to go and protest and defy their leaders and rulers and going out there day after day to resist, I just, it's just an incredible sight and I just can't commend you enough and we stand in solidarity with you. Hopefully we can live someday to see Palestine become liberated and we can see the boot removed from the neck of countries like Colombia so that they could actually pursue their own self-determination.
1: I could close this out, Abby, by Absolutely. going on a rant about yeah. how I think that libertarians need to start waking up too and clean house and people in alt media because I didn't even talk about Cigar and Jetty because I wanted to mention him quickly as well. Please wrap it up without me. Just sign off now for everybody, and I'll just continue after you. Okay.
0: All right, you guys, thank you so much. Everyone check out Gaza Fights for Freedom. Much love, and thank you, Robbie, for all your support and um, sharing my outrage. Peace.
1: So Abby had to go. Um, We we had a hard out there. But I'm going to stay on here to give you an angry rant about how I think that the people who used to be, you know, quite staunchly anti-Zionist and somewhat effective, even though I am not libertarian, I will give libertarians in the past credit for sort of being strong on this issue being anti-zionist being anti the u.s funding apartheid being anti-israeli apartheid but here's what's interesting is one of the people who actually has the most power now in libertarian media believe it or not is glenn beck glenn beck might actually be the biggest zionist in right-wing media like no joke he seems to regularly go to the Wailing Wall to take pictures while putting his hands on it. He has repeatedly said that he wished there was a bla- The Blaze in Israel that had Hebrew articles. The Blaze is a media outlet now that has somehow bought all this real estate in the libertarian scene. All these libertarians sadly grovel now and you know fight over these scraps to try to get a little spot on Glenn Beck's The Blaze. So what does that do ultimately? Well, it definitely moves the needle away from libertarians criticizing Israel. So, what is this bullshit? I don't fucking know. But people like Peter Quinones, I think his name is—I don't know if that's the right pronunciation—defend Glenn Beck. They think it's the Blaze TV is, a, is you know, doing more good than harm because it's some kind of platform for libertarians. Well, that's the same bullshit argument about rising the hill, rising and cigar on jetty. Sagar so Jetty not only worked for Kim Kagan's Institute for the Study of War, one of the most hardcore neocon organizations in the world, he also went to extra school after college in Israel at a university called IDC Herzliya. Now, IDC Herzliya is a university that specializes in counterterrorism. This school actually is on the former IDF base. This school gives you Academic credits for serving in the IDF. This school has on its board CIA director, former CIA director James Woolsey, is Ehud Barak, former Israeli prime minister. For anybody to believe that Sagar Anjedi is some kind of ally, anti-imperialism or anti-Zionism or you know anti-establishment thought, you've basically been fucking conned. This dude is a fucking plant. Okay. I'm not saying he's an Israeli plant, he's a think tank plant. To see all these libertarians now having to grovel and, you know, kiss the feet of Glenn Beck to get on the blaze is just absolutely pathetic and I implore you if you are a libertarian out there, please raise this issue with other libertarians that the Blaze TV is run by a hardcore Zionist who not only is a Zionist, he is a Mormon cultist who believes That the Native Americans are the lost tribe of Israel. I'll just read to you a few of Glenn Beck's tweets, who runs the Blaze TV. He says, Coming this summer, restoring courage, a special event in Israel. It's time to stand up and be counted. Glenn's speech at the Knesset in Israel is now streaming in HD. Great article and audio from Blaze Israel. Most don't know this. Israel needs Americans committed to fighting for freedom. Request a free flag pin today. Stand for Israel. Now I also see this other little libertarian celebrity popping up. He seems to be awfully close to people like Dave Smith, who I do have some respect for because he at least been fairly good on foreign policy over the years. But like a lot of these other libertarians, they sort of got crystallized, mugged by reality during BLM. Michael Malice um, somehow is a guy who's gained a lot of prominence in libertarianism, and I'll just read to you a few of his tweets. Michael Malice tweeted, when you're on the phone with Glenn Beck and Jim Goad calls on the other line as you're wondering what you're going to tell Alex Jones tomorrow. I'm on with the Glenn Beck radio program in a few minutes to discuss North Korea. Oh, I'm sure he has a very libertarian take on North Korea. Go back and actually read his North Korea book and see what the kind of the spin is on it. This guy Michael Malice, you know, he's groveling to the blaze. And why might he be doing that? Well, it seems like Michael Malice is a little bit of a Zionist, actually. He says in 2017 that the Los Angeles mayor asked the Democratic Convention for a voice vote to add language recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel to the party platform. They booed? He asked again. They booed louder. Sounds like Michael Malice is offended by that. Michael Malice says, I support Israel allies, etc. too. On Twitter, April 2nd, 2018. On March 4th, 2019, Michael Malice, who acts again like Barry Weiss and all these other fucking frauds who talk about how they're really anti-cancel culture and, you know, they're anti-PC, Michael Malice actually says, he makes sort of that equivocation that somehow criticizing the Israeli lobby is somehow anti-Semitic dog whistling. Michael Malice says, do you see no skeptical questioning of the Israel lobby and its politicians as anti-Semitism? Michael Malice on August 13th, 2020 says, can someone check on Rashida Tlaib? Having the UAE recognize Israel's right to exist might make other countries follow suit and put her on suicide watch, in which case none of us are safe. So I don't know if you got the, if you thought that was a funny joke, that's like Colin Quinn era neocon humor during the Iraq war when Colin Quinn was doing stand up sets in front of Saddam's sons on an autopsy table. You know, uh, what Michael Malice is basically saying there is that, Uh, Rashida Tlaib is going to be so upset, she's going to commit suicide and blow herself up because she's Muslim. And uh, this is, of course, a tweet basically defending Trump's fake Israeli peace deal that Jared Kushner somehow orchestrated. I mean, this shit is just really pathetic that anybody, I mean, it's like you let a vampire into your goddamn house, guys. I know that you already can't let go of your love for Ron Paul. Look, I understand You know, you can't let go of the Paul family, even though the Paul family is super compromised. Trump, you know, did a carrot on a stick pardon for a relative of the Paul family. Rand Paul tried to get my sister fired from RT. He contacted the Capitol Police. He ratted her out to the Capitol Police for going into the Capitol building and asking him a question on camera. So the Paul family is no good. I understand you can't get over your little love affair with the Paul family, but come on, kick the fucking vampire Glenn Beck out of your house, dudes. Stop groveling for the Blaze TV spots. That shit is pathetic. Here's some Blaze tweets just from the last year about Israel, this supposedly great libertarian platform. The Blaze tweeted in 2019, archaeologists find Mosaic in Israel likely showing Jesus' miracle of the loaves and fishes. Huh. Sounds like some kind of Dead Sea Scrolls tabloid thing you'd find at the grocery store. Just yesterday, The Blaze posted something about Ron DeSantis, this supposedly really anti-establishment badass governor, who says terrorist group Hamas are at fault for the current conflict in Israel. The Blaze, on August 16th, 2019, says, did Israel make the right move by not letting Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib in? They took a poll, and after almost 2,000 votes, 93% of the people who voted said yes, that Israel did make the right decision by banning two Congresswomen from entering their country. In June 2020, the blaze ran another bizarre piece saying best-selling Christian author looks for answers about the end time, says Israel being reborn is God's super sign. So I, I don't know how much the blaze is paying you if you have a show on there and you think you're libertarian, but dude, come on, get the fuck out of there kick this fucking guy to the curb. What are you doing? Look at Michael Malice. Why is this guy a libertarian celebrity? This shit's really phony. So, you know, I've already talked enough about the MAGA right and how they're completely phony about it too. But I mean, just look at Cernovich, Mike Cernovich's timeline. So I'm sorry to end this podcast with a particularly angry rant where I'm just, you know, what did somebody accuse me of on Twitter is that I harangue journalists. Well, yeah, I harangue journalists when nobody else is mentioning this shit, when nobody else wants to talk about how Sagaran Jetty went to a school that appears to be some kind of IDF cutout. I'm just supposed to be like, oh, that's fine. That's fine because he platforms people that I like, so I'm not going to say anything about it. No. We identify these things, even propaganda coming into alt-media, infiltrating libertarianism, infiltrating supposedly populism, like the hill rising, and we talk about them because no one else is talking about this shit. And right now in particular, it's very obvious how blatantly phony a lot of these people are. So I just want people to recognize that. I don't want people to get conned again. Don't trust anybody you know, in the political class who wants to equivocate about Israel. But thank you for listening to Media Roots Radio. And my heart goes out to you if you are in the Palestinian territories right now. Um, If you have family there, if you're watching this from afar, if you have friends there, it's a horrifying situation. Um, We're thinking about you. We love you. And please spread... Gaza Fights for Freedom around on the internet to your friends and family. Um, We encourage you to put it places other than YouTube. Torrent websites, BitChute, places like that. Feel free to do that. I feel that everyone needs to see that film. What Abby's film does, Gaza Fights for Freedom, is it just really, really humanizes (laughs) the people there. It's something that isn't particularly hard to do, but for some reason, it's just an angle and a point of view that you rarely see here in the United States. It's almost like you saw almost no footage of people and children playing and people having fun in Iraq, you know, during the Iraq war. It's like we wanted people over here in the U.S. to think that everybody in Iraq was miserable and was like crushed under Saddam Hussein's boot. So when Michael Moore shows footage in Fahrenheit 9-11, of children playing in a park in Iraq, there is a lot of conservatives and right-wingers who are like, that's not real. Like they almost couldn't process what they were seeing. They're like, that shit's fake. I remember even one of my friends at the time, who wasn't even a conservative, was like, that's not real footage. Like that's gotta be fake. There's no way that people were like that normal under Saddam. It's like, what, why would you possibly think that? There's people in any situation in the world can be happy and enjoy life. It's just bizarre to me that people are so stuck in this sort of empire baby prism. We thank you as listeners for not being stuck in that. Obviously wouldn't be listening if you still were. Thank you so much for continuing to support Media Roots Radio if you are a subscriber of ours. Uh, For only $5 a month, you get access to our bonus episode every month. We do a fourth bonus episode, only available to our subscribers. And we are unlocking our episode on the Hudson Institute and Cigar on Jetty fairly soon so if you're not a subscriber that episode will be unlocked probably about a month after you hear this thanks everybody take care and remember if you want to subscribe to Media Roots Radio you can do so at patreon.com slash Media Roots Radio and no offense out there To Norman Finkelstein If you're listening I think you do great work On Israel-Palestine But I did hear you recently On two separate podcasts Praise The Hill Rising So If you're listening out there Norman Just want to let you know That the co-host Of The Hill Rising Went to an Israeli school Called IDC Herzliya To learn Counter-terrorism The school IDC Herslia Occupies an old IDF military base. This suspicious-ass school has James Woolsey on its board, has Ehud Barak involved in its administrative end, and also the school gives out academic credits for volunteering in the IDF. To Norman, love you, bud, but please do not fall for this scam, and if anyone else is listening to this little end cap on this episode this is just an illustration of how dangerous this infiltration effort really is so take care everybody have a good one